What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Mythic Existence. I'm your host, Jack Daly. Today, we are going to begin our preparations for St. Patrick's Day by investigating the Irish vampire, the Dirig Duel. We'll look at one particular incarnation of this creature by recanting the story of the Avertok, which may have been an inspiration for Stoker's Dracula. So sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of Mythic Existence. So, I'm recording this episode on uh, the day that Ukraine was invaded by Russia. So, it feels like a pretty significant historic day. Um, And I just wanted to say that, of course, I support Ukraine and uh, am, you know, very against autocratic and dictator-like regimes, which is clearly what's going on in Russia, so... Just thought I should mention that, considering that um, I don't want to, you know, come up, come off as if I'm ignoring um, this vastly important historical event, as at least so it seems, and trivializing it by just recording a podcast about monsters. Uh, with that said, this isn't going to be the longest episode, you know. Uh, I've got a lot going on in my life right now, which I'm sure is not the best thing for my podcast business plan as far as regularly scheduled episodes. Um, I'm working two jobs right now. I'm writing a book about Colorado's folklore. I just released a productivity journal. I call it the Magic Manifestation Journal, and that's available on Amazon if you would like to purchase it. I really think it's a beneficial tool. I really enjoy the prompts. It gets you to think about some pretty deep questions, so it can be kind of difficult to get through. But take a look at that if you want. Um, I applied to PhD programs, and I got into one, but I'm not sure if I'm going to go to it. I'm waiting on others. I'm kind of reconfiguring my thoughts about whether getting a humanities PhD is worth it, and if so, what does that mean for me going forward? And I'm trying to optimize this podcast, really. I was thinking about doing guests and having you know experts come on, which I might do more of. I'm not quite sure yet, but uh, I like investigating topics, but it also takes a lot of work to do, so... You know, these episodes are are labor intensive for me, and considering that I am yet to make any money off of this podcast, I, you know, it's hard for me to always do the work considering that it takes a lot of time. Uh, I have been thinking about sometimes maybe just doing a stream of consciousness podcast and just talking about the, you know, things that are on my mind. I might give that a shot, but I think it's, you know, mainly just we're going to stick to topics. So, uh, like I said, 
we're getting our preparations for St. Patrick's Day. We're going to be looking into a couple of uh, Irish vampires. Really, it's one Irish vampire with a specific instance of it. St. Patrick's Day and March as a whole is an important time of the year for me. It's one of my favorite times of the year. I'm a crazy college basketball fan, as you might know, since I went to the University of Kansas. I love March Madness. You've got, uh, you know, St. Patrick's Day, March Madness. My girlfriend's birthday is, uh, you know, during that time as well. And so it's just fun time of year. You know, spring is coming. Like, it's very cold in Denver right now. And I'm I'm excited for, you know, the snow to melt and to have a sort of reprieve in spring. So I thought that we would get a little bit going with, uh, you know, some, some Irish stuff, um, which is very interesting and things that we don't really come across very often in our everyday lives. Definitely not, but it's not common folklore knowledge or mythological knowledge either. So, um, the, the first Irish vampire that I want to talk about is called the Deerig Duel. Now, one thing that you learn when you're studying Irish stuff is that how it is spelled is not how it is pronounced. Uh, the Dirig Duel, as far as I can tell, is how to pronounce this word, but it's basically spell, spelled Dirigdu. And who or what the Dirig Duel is, is basically the legends say that it was an Irish woman who fell in love with a local peasant which outraged her father. And it outraged her father because her father wanted to have her married to a local rich squire. And they ended up getting married, her and the squire, and she hated it. And he treated her extremely terribly. Some accounts say that he tortured her until she committed suicide. So she commits suicide. And, you know, you have to consider the cultural context of Ireland is very, um, you know, Catholic and suicide is generally looked down upon more so than possibly torturing your wife. Um, and so what happened is she was buried, uh, and it says near a strongbow's tree in Waterford. So it's, it's kind of interesting that there's specific places that these creatures are associated with creatures beings perhaps is a better word and it said that her last words turned her away from from god but she didn't stay in the grave she came back as a vampire like creature and basically she came out to seek revenge on those who wronged her namely um her husband and her father as well. So she got revenge on them by slaying them. She killed them. And one version actually, it said that she came out of the grave to get revenge on her cheaters. And so there, I guess in one version, he may have been cheating on her instead of torturing her. But that's how these stories go. There's different variants, you know. And in the end, she returned to her true love, and 
he actually killed her to put an end to her suffering because he killed her properly. So that's the story of the Dirig duel. We have to think about what is actually going on in these legends when we read them. And, you know, some of the thoughts that I had was, for one, it explains what happens to you in the life after death, which it's basically trying to, you know, scare you away from committing suicide and saying, if you commit suicide, you might end up, you know, not passing on to heaven or hell. You might end up in purgatory, basically, right? And that's what you see with a lot of these kind of uh, revenant-like creatures, beings, is that they end up in sort of a suspended liminal state in which they're not able to fully pass on into the next realm. And that expresses, you know, afterlife belief is basically what it's doing. It also enforces behavior in marriage, this, this legend. It's saying, you know, don't torture your wife because she, you know, they'll have unintended consequences. She might kill herself. and She might kill you as a, a being from beyond the grave. I think we could read that metaphorically as maybe, you know, the guilt caused by treating your, your wife or your significant other uh, could end up driving you crazy and being your downfall in the end. So... I, you know, I really don't know the history of arranged marriages in Ireland, but it also could express a type of, you know, aversion to arranged marriages because it seems to paint them in a particularly negative light. Other things I read about Dirig duels is, for one, like I said, they're they're revenants, which are basically a person that's. Uh, return from the dead and so in the history of vampires in europe you know revenants were kind of one of the things that really bound a lot of the folk traditions across the different countries and cultures together they didn't always call them vampires in fact they didn't call them vampires until much later but this idea of the revenant is something that we've seen that's very old it's said that the Dirig duel, one source said that it's, there's only one Dirig duel. But my research indicated that that's not true and that Dirig duel is actually a state of like existence that a person could come into being. This particular Dirig duel, it said that she was a beautiful yet pale woman who can be seen strolling aimlessly throughout the graveyards at night. And so, you know, I guess traditionally Dirig duels are beautiful women, but as we're about to see in our our investigation of the Avertok, that's, that's not necessarily true either. In different variations, the Dirig duel lures men to uh you know kiss them so that they they can then drain their them of their blood and they also persist on you know drinking blood the way to stop a dirig duel from continuing their assaults is that uh you must create a grave uh which is called a, a cairn is basically what 
traditionally these big megalithic graves in Ireland uh, were called. Is I mean, you can look them up online. There is these giant megalithic graves with huge stones, which is what megalithic means. And you must bury the Derek duel underneath and erect a stone on top of it, uh, erect the cairn on top of it. One version of this that I read said that the Derek duel only comes out once a year. Another says that uh, about four times a year it is able to escape from the grave and feed. And I think that we can reasonably assume that those will be, you know, liminal days throughout the year, such as Samhain and, you know, probably other, probably other like equinoxes and solstices, but I'm not sure exactly what day those years are. So that's the Deer Duel. Now let's get into the Avertok. Again, Avertok is not spelled at all like, or is not uh, pronounced at all like it's spelled. It's spelled with Bs, and um, it's spelled A-B-H-A-R-T-A-C-H. From what I can tell online, it's pronounced Avertok, but I've also seen that it was pronounced Our Talk or Our Tog. I'm pronouncing it Avertok because that's the most likely thing that the pronunciation for it, I think. The legend of the Avertok was recounted in Patrick Weston Joyce's 1869, The Origin and History of Irish Names and Places. And I'm going to read you the entire quote because it basically tells the entire story and then we'll, we'll dig into it a little bit more. He says, There's a place in the parish of Aragol in Londonbury called Slogtaverti. I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly, but that's how it's spelled, so I'm going to pronounce it uh, phonetically. But it ought to have been called Logtaverti. Big difference there. Uh, the locked or sepulchral monument of the Avertok, or dwarf. This dwarf was a magician and a dreadful tyrant, and after having perpetuated some great cruelties on the people he uh, on his people, he was at last vanquished and slain by a neighboring chieftain, some say by Finn McCool. He was buried in a standing posture, but the very next day he appeared in his old haunts, more cruel and vicious than ever. And the chief slew him a second time and buried him as before, but again he escaped from the grave and spread terror through the whole country. The chief then consulted a druid, and according to his directions, he slew the dwarf a third time and buried him in the same place, with his head downwards, which subdued his magical power so that he never appeared on earth. The locked, if that's pronouncing it correctly, raised over the dwarf is still there, and you may hear the legend with much detail from the natives of the place, one of whom told it to me. So there's a lot to unpack here. First, uh, according to um, one man's source, uh, Bob Kieran, I believe, is the, the guy that I read this from. He said that this traditionally was from the 5th and 6th centuries in the Glenulin area of Ireland. There's some disagreement in different legends of who the neighboring chieftain was. Finn McCool is a legendary figure from uh, Irish lore. 
Others say that it was a man named Cathane. But either way, Avertok is the name of this person. Avertok was the, a chief, chieftain, and he became a Dirigdul in his death. And he, in his life, he was also a dwarf that was a magician. Now, it's unclear when I've been reading this if it meant dwarf as in, you know, um, a little person, if that's the politically correct term, or like a legend, like a, you know, a folklore dwarf who is also a magician. I've been reading it as... I've actually been reading it as if he was a folklore dwarf, like a magical folklore dwarf that was a dreadful tyrant. And, you know, after he was slain, they buried him standing upright, and then basically Finn McCool or Cathane goes to consult this druid priest, and the druid says, you're you're dealing with a Deirig duel. This is how you need to take care of it. You need to bury it upside down and erect a cairn above it, which is exactly how, you know, these other sources, when we're talking about the Deirig duel, that's what they say to do. So it's, uh, we have coincidence here, but in some of those sources I read for the Deirig duels, they said that there is only one Deirig duel, but evidently there's not, because this is a male dwarf magician that was obviously a Deirig duel. You can actually find this burial site it's very well known it's called the giant's grave is what it's better known as or these those other names that they said uh basically which mean avratok's sepulcher okay so um it's it's a monument that's meant to keep this being in the earth um and so it's pretty consistent with the stories besides you know who exactly the the neighboring chief was like i said some say that it's cathane some say that it's finn mccool but you know it's similar to the that other story of the deer duel in that you know some kind of uh wrong like not wrongful death but an unnatural death i guess you could say is what led to them becoming a deer duel and then all of the problems came up because of that. The same guy, Bob Kieran, he he wrote a book called the uh, the Field Guide to Irish Fairies, something like that. And I was I was thinking about including some of the research I did with that on this episode, but I decided against it. I'll probably save it for later. He says that it's actually reasonable to assume that the story of Dracula was in part based off of these Irish legends. Bram Stoker was, of course, an Irishman. And the stories of the Deirig duel predate him, or of the Avertok. Um, Joyce's story was from 1869, and that predated the publication of Dracula by 28 years, which was published in 1897. Apparently, um, there, there's also a reference to, you know, the Derek Duel, the Avertalk in Geoffrey Keating's The History of Ireland, which was written between 1629 and 1631. And during 
Stoker's life, that work was on display. Keating's work, The History of Ireland, was on display at Trinity College Library. And apparently Stoker had it translated and he read it, you know, the important parts. It was in Irish, but he had it translated to English so he could read it. And the name Dracula, I mean, obviously we've done previous episodes of Vlad Dracula, but the, the Irish word Dracula, I guess is how you say it, means bad or tainted blood. And uh, Elizabeth Miller contains or contends that this is actually the origin of the name of Dracula. So really interesting stuff. I find it very um I, I like the idea that you could actually go and see this monument, this giant's grave, and that there's this rich history associated with it. And that's kind of what I think is interesting about a lot of European history, Irish history, is that a lot of place names do originate from pretty ancient folklore that's been passed down through, you know, God only knows when. So that's it for today's episode. We have seen how the stories of the Irish vampire are similar to those found throughout Europe, and it stands to reason that Stoker was inspired by their stories. Please follow Mythic Existence on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Subscribe and like on YouTube, and leave a review on your podcast platform. Thanks for listening. See you next time.